We're talking today about how you and I were made to count. We were created to make a difference, to have an impact on this world. And what I want to tell you today is the sentence about how to discover the place of your calling, of your contribution, that has been quoted maybe more than any other sentence over the last 50 years. It's very meaningful to be able to do that. It comes from the pen of a writer named Frederick Buechner who just passed away in the last couple of days. He was 96 years old. He was a brilliant, brilliant guy. He was a student at Princeton from a elite, but in some ways troubled family. And he wrote his first book while he was still in college for those of us who feel a little underachieving. He was on the cover of Time Magazine when he was still in his early 20s. His family was not a family of faith. It had no use for God or religion. And he found this strange gnawing inside of him. And he ended up going to a church in New York City where there's a great preacher named George Buttrick. And Buttrick was talking in a sermon about how Satan offered Jesus a crown, significance, glory, and Jesus turned it down. But he said again and again, Jesus is crowned in the hearts of those who believe in him with confession and tears and great laughter. And Buechner said it was that phrase, great laughter, that somehow there is joy in this universe and in the midst of the confession and the tears and our wrongdoing, that God could be triumphing in this person of Jesus. That was his Damascus experience. And he met Jesus there. And he ended up becoming a minister, although he always mostly wrote. And uh, somebody has said that um, the two Presbyterian ministers who had the biggest impact on the 20th century were both named Fred, Fred Rogers and Fred Beekner, and they both had unusual ministries. What I want to tell you about is uh, his words about uh, the notion of vocation or calling, because you were made to count. And this is what he wrote. This is from a book of his called Wishful Thinking. Vocation, it comes from the Latin vocare, to call, and it means the work a person is called to do by God. There are all different kinds of voices calling you to all different kinds of work, and the problem is to find out which is the voice of God, rather than society, say, or the superego, or self-interest. By and large, a good rule for finding out is this. The kind of work God usually calls you to do is the kind of work, A, that you most need to do, and B, that the world most needs to have done. If you really get a kick out of your work, you've presumably met requirement A, but if your work is writing cigarette ads, the chances are you missed requirement B. On the other hand, if your work is being a doctor in a leper colony, you have probably met requirement B, but if most of the time you're bored and depressed by it, the chances are you have not only bypassed A, but probably aren't helping your patients much either. Neither the hair shirt nor the soft birth will do. The place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. And that's the sentence. The place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. Not the hair shirt. You're not going to find the hair shirt at Urban Outfitters or Todd Snyder. That was an uh, ancient garment people would put on that was uh, irritating or chafing to the skin, deliberately inflicting pain on them. 
uh, in order to mortify the flesh. And a lot of people think about God's will that way. Well, I'm miserable doing this, so it must be what God wants me to do. I remember Bob Buford was a guy, business guy, wrote a book called Halftime about reassessing life so that you can make it about significance, not just success. And he said earlier on in his life, he thought if he did that, then God would make him become uh, going to church work. And he literally wrote this in the book. He said, I would probably have to dress like a pastor. Well, there's a fate worse than death, Bob. And then he discovered, no, um, it's not the hair shirt. Uh, God generally uh, uh, creates in you the desire to do what it is that God made you to do. Psalm 145, verse 16, I think it is, says uh, that God opens his hands and he satisfies the desires of all living things. Fish were made to swim and they have a deep desire to do it. Birds have a desire to floor, to jump out of the nest and soar, and that's what they do. And, and the same thing is true of us. We were made by God with certain kind of desires, and that desire is one indicator of God's calling on your life. It's not the only indicator. And if I make my life just about the gratification of my own desires, then ego is on the throne, not God, and uh, it will never work. But it is an important indicator. I think about when I was in graduate school and I was mostly studying psychology and I knew that uh, the trouble of the soul, human pain and being with people in counseling and therapy is a very meaningful thing to do. It's a place where the world has deep hunger for healing. Um, but it did not give me great gladness. And uh, when I would try to do it, I would get exhausted and feel fatigued and feel clumsy at it. And, and at the same time, then when I began to preach, I discovered this great sense of gladness. Right now, honestly, to tell you the truth, a source of deep gladness for me is just this stupid phone and thinking I get to learn and try to find where God is and what is deepest in my own heart and my own life these days, and then share it with uh, those of us who walk together in the fellowship of the withered hand in the recognition that we can't live that kind of life, but God can do it. And it's the source of great joy to me. And I'm so grateful to all of you who are part of this community. So that's the place where we often find uh, uh, our calling in God is the place where our deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. Our deep gladness is what makes our work sustainable. The world's deep hunger is what makes our work meaningful. Um, but then it's to be work that we offer to God. And I think the thing that I would add to uh, discover your deep gladness would be also discover your deep sadness. There's another verse uh, Paul's writing to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians, the very beginning in the first chapter, I think it's the third verse, he says, God is the God of compassion and the Father of all comfort who comforts us with his comfort so that we might be able to comfort others with the comfort that we ourselves have received. And the idea, uh, which is rooted very deeply in the cross of Jesus, that it is through our suffering, through our sorrows, through our sadness, that we somehow find God and hope and comfort and healing in a deeper way. And then we're able to give that to other people. I think about my friend Steve, who lost a child about a decade ago. And he says, every day it's like there's a dog of sorrow that follows him around. Someday it's a big dog, someday it's a little dog. But he's able to speak to other parents who have that kind of loss in a way that nobody else I know can. 
I think about a friend of mine who struggles with anxiety and she's able to speak hope into the lives of other deeply anxious people in ways that somebody just kind of skates through life without ever feeling nervous about much would never be able to touch them, would never be able to have that calling there. I think about a friend who suffered from a sexual addiction and is able to bring help and healing and hope and next steps to other people in ways that somebody that didn't suffer from that affliction never would. Um, So today, spend some time thinking about what's an area of deep gladness for you? What's a desire that God has placed in your heart? I think about one friend of mine who loves cars, loves to fix cars. And then he realized one of the things he could do is he could help out, um, use that to help out single moms. And um, it, it may be something that's super practical. It may look quite small. What's an area of deep gladness that just brings you joy? Might involve words, might involve deeds, might involve something that you do with your hands, might involve music. Where's God calling you to use that to address the deep hunger in our world? And then where's deep sadness in your life? Where's a place that you have suffered? What's a sorrow that you have? There's somebody else that will be in your world and they're suffering from that too. And you could speak a word of comfort to them. Last thought from uh, uh, Frederick Buechner for today. He said, the life I touch for good or ill will touch another life and then turn another until who knows where the trembling stops or in what place my touch will be felt. Make today count. Until next time. Thanks for joining us here at becomenew.me. If you'd like to receive the daily emails that go along with each video, let us know at becomenew.me at gmail.com. Or if you want prayer, you can text us at 855-888-0444.